Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Mari Smith, and we're going to explore Facebook organic marketing and what works today. You're going to love this episode, so be sure to stick around for the entire thing. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show. We've got some great content coming your way. Do you wish there was an easier way to track and analyze your social activities? Imagine effortlessly tracking your reach and engagement across Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and TikTok. What if you could easily spot changes and proactively modify your social strategy? What could that make possible? This is the power of Iconosquare. Iconosquare saves you time and money by managing all your social activities and tracking key social metrics in visual charts. So you can finally persuade your boss or clients that your efforts are working. Presented in one centralized dashboard, Iconosquare enables you to make data-driven decisions so you can plan your organic and paid strategy with complete confidence. You owe it to yourself to check out our sponsor, Iconosquare. As a listener of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, you qualify for an exclusive offer. Visit Iconosquare.com slash SME for a free 30-day trial and a 30% discount if you stick with the platform. Again, visit Iconosquare.com slash SME. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. And now for this week's interview with Mari Smith. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Mari Smith. And if you don't know who Mari is, you need to know who Mari Smith is. She's the leading Facebook marketing expert, author of the new relationship marketing book. Her course is called Facebook Organic Marketing Masterclass. Mari, welcome back to the show. It is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Mike. Fun little fact. You were the very first guest ever on this show over nine years ago. That's incredible. And you have been on this show. This is your 10th appearance on this show. And you've been on my other show, the talk show, at least 10 times. So you are definitely at the top of the list for the most frequent guest ever. Thank you so much for coming back. (laughs) Well, my pleasure. I'm honored. That means I'm an old timer now. (laughs) Well, you know, I guess, you know, we have experience. That's the good news, right? And uh, it's super exciting to think that we're still in this game all these years later. Mm-hmm. So we're here to talk about Facebook, your area of expertise. And mm-hmm. what do you want to say to marketers who 
feel like Facebook is just a pay to play game right now and they're only focusing on the ad side of it, why should they, marketers, really focus on organic marketing when it comes to what they're doing on Facebook? Because a lot of them have been kind of disenfranchised. What do you want to say to them? Yes, yes, indeed. Well, first of all, I completely and utterly empathize with the disenfranchisement <laughs> because it's it can be crazy making. Facebook's really changed a lot over the years. Uh, organic reach has definitely tanked. It's roughly average of 5.2% last studies I looked at. And yeah, it's easy for us marketers to say oh, it's all pay to play. However, if we stand back and say, wait a minute, Facebook is still after all these years, you were just talking about there, Mike, you know, I've been, this is my 15th year of being a Facebook expert. It's still the number one social network and it's still absolutely perfectly feasible to get free reach, free engagement. It's a wonderful place to connect with your audience. It's still very, very possible to get great results with organic. Besides all of that, it gets you some SEO. You get your video posts and your regular posts often will show up on page one of Google when people are searching for your business. So those reasons alone, I'd say you got to keep doing organic. But as we get into this conversation here today, you know, I'm going to give some of your, I'm going to give your listeners some, some great tips and ideas on maybe what they might be doing wrong and what they can do instead. Well, yeah. And let me add a couple of my thoughts on this. You know, my first social platform was Twitter and then it was Facebook and then it was LinkedIn kind of in that order and pretty darn close succession. I find that I get the most engagement on Facebook than I do on Twitter or on LinkedIn. I find that the people that I have known for a lot of years, yes, some of them have moved on to other platforms, but there's a super loyal community like me who just has become habitualized to checking Facebook multiple times a day. And I think that's really important for a lot of people to think about. While it's true that Facebook tends to be like the 35 and older crowd, you know, the parents, if you will, of the younger generation, these people love spending time on Facebook and they spend a lot and they're in there a lot. And, you know, one of the marketing principles that so many of us marketers need to think about is we need to go where our prospects and customers are. And I would argue it's still one of the biggest platforms in the world. So let's not overlook it. Right. Absolutely agree. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's different market segments, different demographics that have, you know, maybe using Facebook slightly less, but then there's others who are using a lot more and just it's definitely become part of our daily habit. I love that you said, you know, there's techniques and tactics that you can still use that work. And if we think about what Facebook is, is it's a massive, how many people are on Facebook right now? Two billion? Uh, the combined total is over 3 billion if we include Instagram and WhatsApp and Messenger. Do you remember what the last official Facebook number was? 2.7 billion, somewhere around there. Was it that big? Okay. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. massive. Yeah. And, yeah. and they just released some data that there's 2 billion people on Instagram. I don't know if you heard that. It just came out in the last mm -hmm. few days as of this recording. Mm -hmm. So you're dealing with a population, probably most of the English speaking population in the world, my guess, that has a computer or a phone is using Facebook. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what we can do with organic content. Let's talk about what you're actually doing with organic content on Facebook, because I think you're getting better than 5%. I know I'm not always getting better than 5%, but my guess is you're getting better because some of the things that you're doing. So tell us what you're doing on your profile. Absolutely. Well, to inspire hope today with your listeners, I will tell you that some of my posts get as much as 200% organic reach, wow. which is practically unheard of since like 2012 onwards, but it's still possible. And so hopefully after today's 
episode, your listeners will be empowered. So you're asking me, what, what are some of the things that I'm doing? Yeah. First what do you do? Yeah. What, yeah. How is Mari Smith? And, mm-hmm. you know, we're recording this in late 2021, but it's going to be 2022 when it comes out. So in 2022, mm-hmm. 2021, what is Mari doing herself with content on Facebook? You bet. Big focus on visual. I mean, Facebook is absolutely very similar to Instagram insofar. It's like visual posts, that is images and video posts. And you can definitely still put a link in there. We'll talk about that coming up. Facebook Live. I used to do a lot more Facebook Live. I'd probably go live at least once a week, if not twice. No, maybe like every other week. Also events. Facebook's really built out those events, whether it's free or paid, come POEs, paid online events. So when you say events, you mean an event that's tied to a Facebook page? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's a Facebook event Mm -hmm. set up on the page. So you're using that to do promotions for your webinars and stuff? Is that kind of what I'm hearing you do? Yeah, well, I stream the webinar right into the Facebook Live, uh, excuse me, the Facebook event. It's literally when you go to create an event now, if you select that you're going to do it through Facebook Live, they call it a Facebook Live event. So you've scheduled the live, but but there's also an event page attached to it where people can RSVP, you can boost it and promote it. Huh. You can see some insights, demographics of who's who's interacting with it. It's a great tool. And then they've added all kinds of things like classes. You can do classes free or paid and you can use the rooms up to 25 people if it's a video room, basically like Zoom. Mm-hmm. But if you think you're going to have more than 25 people, you would just connect it up through Facebook Live or you can do an external system like Zoom couple other quick things that would absolutely have a very active linked group. So a group that's connected to your page. And then two more quick things that I'm doing that people can learn from is do not be afraid to post less often. I was just the other day talking to one of my students in my classes and uh, she works with the Chamber of Commerce and I looked in her, you know, the page was posting three times a day. Wow. I was trying to help her understand, look, you know, nobody gets up in the morning rushing to see what's my Chamber of Commerce posting on my newsfeed, you know, on Facebook today. So maybe once a day, maybe even once every other day if you can, but okay, fine. Any small business, if you're posting three times a day, you're going to have probably even lower reach because that's a lot of competition to get your content into the newsfeed. And then the the final thing that I really want to underscore in this particular segment of our conversation is how critical it is to have a cohesive strategy, right? Facebook doesn't live in a silo. I know you know that, but I always drive traffic from other sources. So I'll put my weekly newsletter, I'll put people driving back to an event or a live. I'm always driving people to my group from other sources and building it up. We can't just assume, okay, people are going to see our stuff because they're on Facebook. You got to catch them in other places as well and have this, you know, full on cohesive strategy. Just for a second, talk about mm-hmm. the power of groups, because it feels sure. like they've done so much to improve the power of groups over the last mm-hmm. year or so, right? Unquestionably, yeah. The, the, over the last year plus, for sure. I mean, it was, I think it was like 2017 when uh, Zuckerberg first had the community summit, it was the in-person community summit. And from there, they've just keep evolving groups. They're even going to be bringing out what they're called subgroups and even a way to have paid subgroups. So if you have a really large group, it doesn't have to be large, but you have a group where there's maybe some niche topics that mm-hmm. members might want to participate in that you'd have a subgroup and it could be paid or not. And Facebook's even going to allow group owners to download the contact information, the email addresses of, of people to sign up for these subgroups. So they're really building out the groups and just the, all the admin tools and the metrics and soon coming soon, I've heard this from good good sources that, you know, when you go to join a group and you can ask questions, right. one of which might be, you know, asking for their email address and adding it to your, your list with permission. Finally, Facebook's going to be allowing us to actually gather that data because previously it had to be done through an app or, or manually. 
gather it as in export it. Is that what you mean by yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges that a lot of people have that have customers and they want to have like a customer facing private group is the onboarding. Have they mm-hmm. made it a little easier to like onboard people into groups or is it still kind of a little bit challenging where they have to request and then you have to ask information and have somebody look it up? That's a good question. I think that onboarding is one way to look at it. I I look at it like qualifying. If I just said like, if you've got a private group, you can't switch it to public. My my main group is called Social Scoop and I've got about 18,000 members in there and I couldn't make it public even if I wanted to. And I really like having it private. I could open it up. Well, let's say you had a thousand customers and you wanted to add a group just for customers. Yeah. There's not an easy way to just email all of those people, is there? That's what I'm talking about when I say onboarding. Well, you, you sure, sure, you use your own email system, email them, say, hey, click this button and request to join. But then, I mean, this is what I do for my paid courses that we ask them, what is the email address you use to purchase this program? That would uh, be for like paid, paid customers. But that's still kind of a manual process. It's manual, I know. Yeah, I wish there was some sort of API integration thing where you could just automatically... Mm-hmm let people in. One thing I got to say though, is Facebook groups, there's nothing like it. I mean, like LinkedIn groups, man, that used to be hot and that disappeared. And a lot of these third-party apps that are trying to be like Facebook groups just aren't doing it. And kudos to Facebook for really doing amazing things in groups, like the ability Mm -hmm. to go live and the ability to do these, uh, all sorts of cool things that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's dig through kind of systematically and let's just go one at a time here. We don't have to list them all out because I want Mm -hmm. people to kind of like not be overwhelmed, but what are some of the options that we have on our Facebook page organically that we ought to consider? Where do you want to start? Well, guess what? We have nine different content formats that we could use organically. And I think that people tend to overuse some like link posts and underuse others like videos and images posts. So let's start with image. I mentioned earlier about that's a huge part of my own strategy is, is how critical it is to have visual content. And I think what, what marketers have missed is they will make an image post and they think they can't put a call to action or a link in there, or they'll put the link in the first comments. And I know there's some debates about that. I've seen even Zuckerberg do that. I know you do that on social media examiner page. Sometimes I see your team doing that. It depends. It depends. If you think your post is going to get a ton of shares and you really want that link to go with the shares, don't put it in the first comment because that will not go with the shares. That's really important for people to understand because mm-hmm. the share is just the image, not the post itself, right? When it comes to images. Correct. With all the comments because it creates a fresh post with fresh comments on that person or page's wall. When you do an image, what size image do you post? Is it square or Square or the Facebook size, whatever that is. Canva has the templates. It's it's like 16 by 9 or whatever, right? Mm, well, that's landscape. It's slight, slightly different than landscape, but yeah. Or yeah. 5 by 4 or something like that. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not quite square. <laughs> what are you putting on your images? And do you get penalized if you put the wrong kind of stuff on your images? Do you understand where I'm going with this? I do. I do. I get it. Not necessarily penalized, but for example... A recent announcement was that Facebook talked about this professional mode that you can convert your personal profile into professional mode for creators. And not everybody's even going to have that option. So I saw Facebook's post about it and they have like screenshots of the phone, right? It's a phone. You can see a person on there. It's saying turn on professional mode. But I know that most people are skimmers and we have incredibly short attention spans. So I want to convey in one nanosecond when they look at my graphic, they don't even need to read all the, the caption, the narrative, the deeper explanation of what I'm saying. 
We'll just look and the headline on this image says, convert your Facebook personal profile to professional mode. Boom, that's all you need, need to read. And it's got the screenshots under there. But one image, I don't try to post a whole bunch of images. And so I'm trying to convey the essence of what I want to get across such that people go, oh, this is big news. Hit that share button. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Are you supplementing the image with text then? Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, yeah. I usually put a headline, not too much text, but I will put a big compelling headline that just clearly states what's going on here. What's the headline news here? Give me the bottom line here, Mari. You know, the TLDR, too long, didn't read. <laughs> When you say headline, is it baked in the image or are you talking about text that's above baked the image? Baked in the image. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's an image with a headline and maybe a graphic in it, uh, but yeah. I'm talking about the supporting text that is going to be outside of the image. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Lots of studies out there, Mike, that will say short, short, short. And just all these studies out there that these apps say, okay, we studied, you know, millions of posts and by far the most popular ones or best performing ones will have really short captions, really short descriptions, uh, okay. whether it's a video or, a, or an image. But I don't know, just as long as I've been on Facebook since 2007 and whenever pages came out, 2008, I tend to be a little bit wordy. I do these like little mini blog posts okay. and doesn't really matter. I, that's just my style and the algorithms got used to it and my audience get used to it. So do what works for you. you know, don't just say, oh my God, you know, we're only supposed to have five words. If I do more than five words. I love that because you're using the image to stop the scroll and you're letting yeah. the text supplement the image or describe what's going on, right? In the exactly, image. Exactly. Exactly. For people who are going to be reading a bit more content there. Mm -hmm. Now, earlier you said some people put the link in the comments, but I would imagine if you're doing a if you upload an image and you're doing text, you can put a link in there. You would recommend putting a link in there so that it stays in there when it gets shared. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Yeah, always, always. Yeah. And it's usually hidden after the more button or whatever. Is it usually not in the first paragraph or whatever? Well, it depends. You see, because here's where Mari's strategic brain comes into play. For example, if I'm sharing like that breaking news about a Facebook feature, I'm going to put some supporting links like Facebook's own announcement, maybe an article from TechCrunch or whatever. And I'll push that way, way, way down the bottom because I don't really care. They can click on the link or not. Right. But for more of a promotional post where I'm, I'm revealing a new course I have or a free webinar, I'm going to put that link above the fold, above the see more button. Got it. That's perfect. A bit more text below that. But no, I want them clicking that link. <laughs> perfect. Um, so you said mm -hmm. you generally don't upload more than one image. If you upload more than one image, does it turn into a carousel or what happens exactly? No, you know, they kind of did away with the carousel format. I mean, it works super well, by the way. Instagram, absolutely. Yeah. Carousels all day long. They, they really do well over there. They could be a mix of videos or images. But on Facebook, if to do a true carousel post now, you literally have to go into Ads Manager and create a post from inside of Ads Manager, even though it's not an ad. It's a native organic post. That's where Carousel is. If you upload multiple images into Creator Studio or the regular publisher on your wall, it just kind of shows as, you know, a, a collage of images. It's not going to be on like one, you know, and then it'll have the little button. If there's more than like five, it'll say, see more. And you can load albums. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. They're like, we do all these albums and tons and tons of photos um, with albums. But I, I find for me, it just performs better to just do one clean, straightforward image. What percentage of your content would you say is image-based if you did a pie chart? Yeah, I would say, gosh, probably 50%. Wow, and, okay. And no, right. maybe 40. 40% images, 30% okay. video, and then, yeah, and then the other is um, these colored backgrounds and 
Yeah, we'll get to uh, that. Vibes. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about stories next. Um, and this okay. has been really fascinating on the images front. So tell me what your strategy is when it comes to stories on face- Facebook stories. Ha ha ha. What strategy? No. <laughs> the stories, ah, I don't know. I, I know I'm not alone in this, Mike. I really feel that a lot of marketers are like, oh, really? Can we just, you know, there's so many different places to post content. And now we'll get to reels in a minute too, I'm sure. But all I do with my stories on my page is I do have um, them cross cross posting from Instagram. So I will upload natively or I'll create. I really prefer the Instagram stories creator as much more filters and fun features. And I'll put the captions on if it's me speaking because that's it, totally easily, easily done with a little sticker cross post it over there. And then, you know, I might save that to my camera roll and later I'll take that same story and I'll upload it to my personal Facebook profile. So then I'm getting really good mileage out of it. I always recommend aim. I don't necessarily always have this myself, but I would aim to have one to three active stories in any given 24 hour period so that you're ensuring you're staying on top of the feed, top of the mind. Right. By the way, you probably heard that Instagram is testing 60 second stories, which is going to get confusing with reels, but there you go. I'm sure Facebook will do the same. I don't think I heard that. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I know. Me neither. I'm like, okay. Let me ask you this on stickers. Do link stickers transfer over to Facebook? Oh, good question. I'm pretty sure they do, but we better double check on that. Yeah. Because I remember there was a time where some of the sticker stuff didn't seem to work on Facebook. Yeah, there you know absolutely I mean? was. They got that fixed. They did? Like if okay, If you cool. tag somebody's name, it automatically, if you see it on Facebook and at the top, it'll say open an Instagram. Yep, absolutely. For those that are not active on Instagram, I believe you can compose stories directly on Facebook now, can you not? Absolutely, you can. And on your mobile device, regular Facebook app, inside of Business Suite, right? Um, Facebook app, and you can even create them on desktop business suite and schedule them. You can schedule stories in business suite on desktop or mobile app on Instagram and or Facebook. You literally check the little button. It will go to both. Do they have a highlights reel on Facebook? I don't think they do where you can save some of your stories. You yeah, know yeah, they, yeah, they do. They do? Only on profiles. Actually, I haven't seen it on pages yet, but okay. it, it is there on profiles. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So what kind of content are you typically creating on stories and how is that a little different than maybe what you're doing? I mean, you, you know it only is going to be there for 24 hours. So I'd imagine your strategy is somehow different, right? It's really different. It's, oh, I try to do my best to mix up uh, just the right amount of, of personal BTS, right, behind the scenes, here's what I'm doing now kind of thing that might be interesting to my followers and just kind of round up my personality for others to see. And then I'm very strategic about interspersing you know, promotions, brand ambassador work that I'm doing with partners uh, or sharing resources, sharing posts from other people, other accounts. But just, yeah, just that keeping that top of mind awareness. Sweet. And, um, mm-hmm. Do you know if people can share on Facebook in the same way they can on Instagram to their stories? You know how on Instagram someone can share your story to their story kind of thing? Do you know if that's possible? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if someone tags you on Instagram in a story, you can share it to your oh, story. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course you can. You can on totally Facebook do that as well? on Facebook okay, cool. if you're tagged. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. So first we talked about images. We spent a lot of time talking about images. We talked about Facebook stories. Let's talk about link posts because this is the one that every marketer cares about. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, our goal is often to drive traffic, right? So what do we need to know about linking back to our content that does not live on Facebook. Yeah, so it's interesting. I know exactly what you mean. We all want to drive that traffic. And link posts and all the different studies I've seen and in my own experience, they typically do get the lowest reach and the lowest engagement. 
However, as you and I were talking about just the other day, that Facebook has this transparency center and they do these quarterly widely viewed content reports. Now, just as I've said, the vast majority, like 86% of the most viewed posts did not include a link to a source outside of Facebook. And to my point earlier of the 13.5% of posts that did include a link, they typically came from a page the person followed that also had a photo or a video in addition to the link. So that's important to keep in mind. And for the longest time I've said to people, no, never post YouTube. As soon as the algorithms, Facebook's jealous of YouTube. He's dead. He's the number one video competitor. But YouTube's number one, the number one domain. But, okay, that only accounts for 2% of all newsfeed content views. But I, I was still surprised to see that. So let's talk about this a little bit. So Mm. um, most people that have been doing this for a long time have been linking back to their blog posts or their sales pages or whatever. And Mm -hmm. what this data shows us is that that does not get reached. That gets repressed. That's the kind of stuff you got to put in an ad. I mean, that's my assessment, except if you're sharing something that seems to be entertaining, like a YouTube video, Mm -hmm. right? Or Mm -hmm. possibly some other kind of entertaining source. So do you recommend that we be very careful about letting Facebook automatically pull in that open graph data? Because some people are like, oh, I put a link in and it pulls in a picture automatically. (laughs) But that makes it a link post, right? And what we're saying here is a link post doesn't seem to work anymore. Is that what we're saying or is that not what we're saying? I don't know. So it does. I wouldn't I'd be hesitant to say that it doesn't work anymore because remember earlier I said about how important it is to have a cohesive strategy and that includes, right. you know, other platforms too. But on Facebook, I would definitely mix it up so that, you know, in any given seven day, 14 day period, you've got like some image posts, some video posts, maybe you've done a live, you've done one of these colored backgrounds we can talk about if you want, um, but then maybe, you know, a couple of link posts. So yeah, if you're doing like three link posts a day and no other content type, your reach is going to be pretty rubbish. So, you know, mix up the content type, but don't be afraid to sprinkle some link posts in there and totally find to have the actual link in those image and video posts. Well, and I do like the idea that we talked about earlier, which is, hey, if you already have an image that's created for your blog post or whatever piece of content you've got, mm-hmm. you could just upload that image, put a little text and put a link in there. And that's going to get more reach because it's going to be labeled as an image post, not as a link post, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So let's talk about the text-based posts with the background stuff. Because I don't know, you had another name for it a few minutes ago, but that's like the next one on our list, right? What do you call these things? Color background. I call them color background. Describe everybody what they are because no one's looking at it. We're talking about Yeah. You bet. Well, all they need to do is go to Social Media Examiner's Facebook page and your wall's covered in them. (laughs) Your team does a really fun job with that. So we have this format available on personal profiles and in groups and on pages. And it's really is a text post with limited characters. You can't get too too wordy here. So a limited amount of characters. And you're also limited to whatever colored backgrounds. Some of them have patterns. Some of them are just a straight solid block color. You can ask a question or just do a quote or whatever you want to do, a poll. And they definitely perform really well because they're big and bold. The font stands out. The AI can index them really easy with the text. I personally wouldn't do every single post that format, but I have also found that they, they tend to get some really good reach and engagement. 
Yeah, because the alternative with a text-based post is just to type the text and hit publish. And the problem with that, if you have a little amount of text, it'll make the text bigger, but it won't be very tall. Mm -hmm. What's great about these, what you're calling image-based text and what I call text-based posts with these colored backgrounds is they they kind of stand out a lot, right? Because they fill a space vertically taller than the text by a substantial margin. Yeah, Some of them can have holiday theme backgrounds or they can have cool little patterns. And many of you know what these are because you can do them in your personal profile and you can mm -hmm. use your emoji. What do they call that little version of avatar? You, you can yeah, use your little yeah. avatar of you. And surprisingly, Mara, you were talking about the transparency report that Facebook released. Mm -hmm. Most of the posts that were the most popular posts on Facebook were these types of posts. Did mm -hmm. you notice that when you were looking through that? I don't know if you saw that or not, but mm -hmm. this is the popular stuff. So you don't use these very often or do you? I'm oh just, yeah, I do. I yeah. do. Not not as often as, as, as SME does, but I certainly yeah. use them and they get tremendous reach. And especially when I'm doing a question, people really respond a short, simple, easy question. It seems to get great reach. Yeah. And to be clear, I don't know if you meant to say, but I don't call these image posts because they, they are not an image. They are text posts yeah. uh, they, with a background. Right. Uh, Facebook calls them background, but I, I call it colored background. Yeah, well, it looks like an image. For example, um, as it of does. this reading, we've got one published with a little spaceship that's making a heart. That's the background and stars in the background. So that's why it mm -hmm. might look like an image. And it says, one year from now, sure. I will be spending blank less time, more time on Facebook for my or my client's business. And it's mm -hmm. just, you know, people are responding to it. Our strategy is just to basically try to get engagement with these. I mean, that's really our mission with these posts is to actively mm -hmm. engage our tribe and community. Like here's another one, our link stickers working for you on Facebook after initially creating them on Instagram, Jason, you know, literally the exact same thing I asked you earlier. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll use it to break news and it's just something that we've been experimenting with and we've gotten enormous amounts of uh, engagement and comments with it. Generally, when we post it as a question, we get a lot more response, but we've also done it for news, like breaking news, Facebook just announced blank, 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 you know, mm -hmm. and then we'll put the link in the comments because in that situation, you only have the option to put text or emojis. You don't have the option to put a link That's right. in that kind of a post. So mm -hmm. any other little tips you learned on these text-based posts? Also try to keep it within where you don't have to hit more. I have seen ones where it'll get slightly longer and you have to hit more to see the rest of it, but it's oh, not really? that much longer. Yeah, oh. yeah. And I don't know if it's just under certain profiles or groups, but usually for pages, I think it's quite limited in characters. So, but yeah, no, that, that, those are all great tips. One other tip is to try to look at what font color they pick for you automatically because you don't have the option to choose the color. So sometimes they'll pick a color that doesn't work really well with the background and you might want to consider changing the background. Like I prefer the darker color backgrounds because they choose a white color and it creates mm -hmm. a great contrast and looks really good on mobile. That's true. Just a couple little tips there. So we've talked about images. We've talked about stories. We've talked about link posts. We've talked about text-based colored background posts, whatever mm -hmm. we want to mm -hmm. call them. Reels, you mentioned earlier, talk to me about reels because this is something that is real confusing. <laughs> no Pardon kidding. the pun yeah, for a lot yeah. of people because this is a whole new opportunity. So tell us about reels. Most people by now are familiar with stories, right? It's the vertical videos. I know we can do images of stories as well, but it's like those short videos and it's full screen as you're holding your phone in portrait mode. And in Reels is a direct copy of TikTok. They've been very, very successful on Instagram and just really rolling out more widely on Facebook. Most people will find that they probably see other people doing Reels or they're seeing them in their newsfeed. They might have access to create them on their personal profile. 
and they're definitely rolling out more widely on the Facebook page. And uh, Facebook, or Meta, Meta, the whole parent company, is putting very heavy emphasis on creators, hence that new professional mode is specifically for creators, and which seems to be kind of a new word for influencers, but, you know, creators been around for a while. And they've invested a billion dollars, one billion dollars in this, what they're calling a Reels Play bonus program. Some creators can earn up to as much as $35,000 in a month for, depending on how many views, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. You have to qualify for the program in the first place and you have to get a significant number of views. And But there's plenty of people out there that are doing that. And I don't know about you, Mike, but I, I just find like, oh my gosh, okay, I, I might consider myself a creator, but I'm certainly not one that's going to be doing something that gets millions and millions of views or millions of followers. I don't know. It's I, I just... I'm still kind of on the fence about it. Here's my thoughts on this. On mm. Instagram, I think reels make total sense. Yeah. The challenge is I can't remember the last time I saw a reel from somebody I'm following or a page that I'm following on Facebook. Most of the stuff I see is like crazy outdoor wilderness kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, like someone jumping off a waterfall or some manufacturing plant doing some crazy stuff that I just find fascinating, you know, and about half of them are carried right over from Instagram and the others are actually from pages, but I'm struggling to understand on Facebook, at least what the business application here is, you know, yeah, we've published reels to our Instagram account that have done pretty well, which are little like tips and stuff, you know, but I don't know if we published them on Facebook yet. Mm -hmm. It's obvious that Facebook wants people to start publishing them, but I don't know if you've seen anybody doing them well on Facebook. Not yet, but like you, I'm seeing that kind of left to right swipe uh, block segment in the newsfeed. Right. And depending on what you've watched once or twice, you're going to just keep seeing similar videos. Like I keep seeing babies and kittens and uh, celebrities <laughs> and weddings. And I guess if I watched once, they're going to keep showing them to me. But similarly, yeah, I haven't seen that many like business use cases. It just seems to be these viral creators, which Facebook wants, because then that's giving them more ad inventory. Yeah. And I guess... You know, if Facebook's telling us, hey, Reels is now for Facebook, we should pay attention, right? Because yeah. one thing we know about Facebook is like they're going to do everything in their power to reward people for creating Reels. And I would imagine if someone listening right now is creating Reels that are doing well on Instagram, well, you should definitely consider cross-publishing those if that's even an option. Is that an option? It is an option. Absolutely, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And in terms of what to put in real, I mean, it could be part of some video content you already have and you're just going to splice it up or you could create it right there in the app. Uh, Instagram's creator seems a little bit easier, but you could spot trends. I think a good tip is to use trending music. If you don't want to lip sync and dance and do the whole pointing thing, which seems to be what everybody is doing, I don't get into that. But you can do your own version, right? Do You do you, whatever's on brand for you, you can put yeah. in a video. Okay, let's talk about another form of video, which is your traditional natively uploaded video on Facebook. Yeah. What's the latest and greatest, what do you recommend here? We're not talking live yet, but just traditionally native uploaded video. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, long form video, which is three minutes or more, does perform better. In fact, five minutes or more is looking at the re latest research by a company used to be called Social Bakers, are now called Amplify, an I on the end. And uh, their studies show, yeah, five minutes or more performs best for these natively uploaded videos, absolutely still being strategic. I strongly recommend including a comment, excuse me, a, a CTA call to action 
and a link in the body, right? In the main caption of the video, not in the comments. Wait, wait, wait. Just to be clear, you're talking about just like with images, right? You upload the video and then you write text. And in that, Mm -hmm. you put a link is what I'm Description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the description. Then, but on the ad side, see, for sure, if you think that you're going to boost an organic post into an ad, then you you can totally do these little 15-second ones. And that qualifies for being the in-stream, right? The pre-roll or mid-roll ad. Um, and then of course on, on Instagram, I know we're mostly focused on Facebook today, but, but just a quick aside on uh, 60 seconds for Instagram, you might've heard that they're unifying, I don't call IGTV anymore. It's IG video right? and they're unifying it with the feed videos. So, but yeah, back to, to Facebook, really five minutes or more if you can. And of course that could be some repurposed content that you've shot earlier on, on a live stream, or it could be just your recording, you kind of batch. I like to batch create when I'm doing video content. You know, I have an interesting experience. I don't know if you saw this or not, but I recently published a video on Facebook. It's a tragedy story, if you will, about something that didn't work out. Specifically, it's part of a plight of the marketer series that I've recorded four different videos. And I decided to, as an experiment, natively upload it to my personal profile. And it really got a lot of engagement and it got a lot of views. I only have, I don't have a lot of people following my personal profile. And then what we did was we had our Facebook page share that native uploaded video, which was 13 minutes long, to our Facebook page. Now, it didn't get a lot of reach when we shared the personal to the Facebook page. And I wonder whether I should re-upload it to our Facebook page separately because it did get decent amount of views, about a thousand views, which is really good for me for my personal profile because like, I don't know, maybe I have 12,000 people following me or something on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, what's your thoughts? Because obviously I, I've got the blue check mark just like you, but I don't get access to the analytics for some crazy mm-hmm. reason, right? Yeah. I don't know yeah. what the retention rate is and all that kind of stuff. So the strategy was just to upload to my personal profile to see whether or not people would watch it more. Would you recommend people also upload to their this similar content to their page? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. The thing that I would not do is upload it to both profile and page on the same day and the same time. Oh, okay. Unless it's some big major launch thing and you just want to be everywhere. But to get the most out of the content, because you don't want to kind of compete with yourself in the newsfeed, right? Because there's probably some people that are following your personal profile that are also following your page. And so I would give it like, you know, okay, one day you've loaded up to your personal profile, wait two or three days, whatever, even a week. Then you just go ahead and pop it right up onto your page and you're going to reach a whole different audience. Love it. You know, a whole different audience. By the way, with that professional mode, you might at some point switch to the professional mode and you will get insights on your videos on your personal profile. All right. Well, how do we do that? Because I don't even know what that is. Give us a quick skinny on that. Yeah. Yeah. Professional mode, it's it's just came out recently and it's uh, Zuckerberg and team recognize that there's creators that are building significant followings on their personal profiles. So they're giving this option. It's basically the same as Twitter has this, uh, Instagram has it where you switch the profile into what's called professional mode. And what they're doing is now you're going to be eligible for that Reels Play bonus. You're going to get other monetization features. Does everybody have access to that? No, or no. You have to wait it, to be invited, right? Probably, right? Yeah, an invitation and qualifies a creator and whatever. And Got it. So, But it's really causing quite a stir. People are so excited. So it's called the professional mode. Okay, so yeah. we should probably just yeah. Google how to turn it on or whatever. Okay, so live video. Let's, yeah. let's transition to live video. I know this is one of your things you've done a lot with. So what's your thoughts on live video specifically when it comes to Facebook? 
Well, it's so funny. I, I recently got a DM from a dear friend. She's a live streaming expert, mutual friend of ours. And she's like, you know, Mari, you're one of the few people we've all, all of us have practically given up on Facebook Live. You're one of the few people out there like still, still doing it and still doing well at it. And um, I'm like, gosh, okay, well, it's not just the Facebook Live. It's like, a you know, underscoring this point about this full, robust, kind of holistic, cohesive approach where when I do my Facebook Lives, which might be these days, every other week or something, that and it'll be a real kind of hot topic. I also know a good day and a time. Like I wouldn't go like 9 a.m. on a Monday morning, of course. And even though my audience tends to be mostly online at 7 a.m. in my time zone, I'm not camera ready at that time most days. So I'm going to go like a little bit later in the day. Some days I'm going to just be mindful of the day and the time is what I'm trying to say. And so content wise, no, I mean, I always recommend to people they can do anywhere from like 10 to 45 minutes. I usually go a good 30 to 45 minutes. And then if you combine that with scheduling it with that newish, new, the new kind of Facebook live event. And as we were talking about at the beginning there, you've got this classes, you've got rooms. By the way, when you select classes and you do the live stream through this event classes, it gives you a group chat. And uh, I got a little spooked by that because I'm like, well, goodness, I got a webinar coming up very shortly and I don't want to suddenly have people getting spammed with hundreds of, oh my God, I'm on a group chat with a thousand people. How did that happen? It's random. You can't even switch it off. But the key there is don't select classes. If you're going to schedule a Facebook Live event, don't call it a class, call it general. They got a category called general. What are you typically talking about when you go live? Yeah. I believe when news breaks, you often go live and share your opinions on it, right? I do. I do. I'm really renowned with my audience where I've just done an inordinate amount of homework. I've read between the lines. I'm, I'm see the writing on the wall. I help them dispel myths. I help them boil down all this duck speak, as I call it, and just figure out, you know, what the heck is going on? How can we make the best of this? Does this even apply to us right now? And I don't go too crazy about like every little bell and whistle, okay, this change or this new feature. It's like, what is the really deeply impactful changes on these platforms that impact the business owner and the marketer? And that's generally what I'll be talking about. Sometimes I'll do like a little mini training. Other times I'll have teamed up with one of my brand ambassador clients and I'm giving them a demo and like a new video tool or a social media tool, something like that. Have you found that the playback is just as important as the live experience? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Invariably, there'll be way more play on the playback than the live. Mm -hmm. I love how they're finally starting to just show you like the people that have been 30 seconds or more on those retention graphs. Yeah. I'm surprised people watch stuff. Like one of the things that I did is remember when Mark Zuckerberg announced the whole change in the name to Meta? Yeah. So I went live literally before he was even done with his keynote. And I just started talking about what I thought about it. And, you know, that's something that I think anybody who's listening who doesn't know what to talk about, if there's something in your industry that's happening and people aren't sure what to make of it, that's a great opportunity to go live and just share opinions. And, you know, Mari, when you're live, are you asking the audience for their thoughts as well? Or are you mostly just doing all the talking? I'm curious. Always. I like to be as interactive and engaging as I possibly can. I guess it's different if I'm actually like presenting content, then I'm like, okay, I'll take your questions. I love to use the, the different softwares. There's a variety of them out there. I use Ecamm for Macs. There's, you know, StreamYard, Streamio, all that. So you can put the commenters. Yep. Throw their comments up on the screen. 
They yep. love seeing their name up there on the screen. And uh, it's just so much fun. I love to engage with them. And I always like to say their first name and I really compliment people and maybe ask where they're from and what questions they have and how can I help them. And I honestly, I've just said this for years, especially over the last two years, there's no amount of sophisticated technology that can never take the place of these live and in-person events. Um, but the next best thing is video and live video. It's so wonderful to create that intimacy and connection with with your audience. Okay. Audio, audio yes. rooms. Talk about audio rooms because this is kind of fascinating. It is indeed. Well, it was so interesting when Facebook brought out this live audio rooms is the name of the product. Back in around April of 2021, it seemed to me, Mike, I'm not sure how you kind of felt about the announcement. It seemed to me that it was very much in response to the wildly popular Clubhouse. Oh, 100%. It's a pure, time, it's a right? copy. It's like a practical, perfect copy, right? Right. And then, you know, they're like, oh, no, no, we've been working on this for like the past year or two yeah, years. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but then, of course, you know, the popularity of Clubhouse seems to have waned. It's kind of plateaued a little bit. There's the diehard fans, a lot of people still going crazy over it. And yet, I see Facebook's trying away here with this live audio rooms. I recently got it in my groups and I could really see a very good use case for just again creating that more intimate connection, having a good conversation where it's multi-way. It's like a community conversation as opposed to, you know, I'm just talking to them and in, in kind of like how we do in post. Yeah. It's so cool because you don't have to be camera ready, right? Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. You could do the same thing with live video that you do with live audio, but just talking, yeah. right? Totally. But it requires other people to talk as well, because that's the important part. There is no chat, right? So it's just yeah, talking. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, stop the presses. The cool thing of what Facebook's done with these live audio rooms is it creates a post on your wall, whether it's your profile page or group. And on that post, you can have people type questions. They don't have to talk. Right. But I don't remember those questions like popping up like they do in the live. No, 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 no. They yeah. won't be like featured on the little audio yeah. player. You have to kind of remember to go back over there and look at them, right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. it is pretty cool. And it's a great way to kind of almost create a live podcast. That's true. I've been very excited with it. And I know Mark Zuckerberg has been using it a lot, hasn't he? He has. He has. I've seen him bringing all kinds of different guests. And initially, like way back months ago, I saw numerous pretty high level celebrities, you know, like Lindsey Sterling, the, the violin player, people like that, you know, huge rappers, gamers and um, doing really well with it. But in our industry, Mike, I have not seen a whole big uptake. And I, I'm just wondering if it's still so new that, you know, the audience members are like, what's this? How do I participate? Well, there's a lot of competition, right? You got Twitter True. spaces, you got Clubhouse, even though they've got hundreds of thousands of rooms that happen a day over there in Clubhouse, believe it or not. So yeah, it still yeah. is an active alternative and you've got all these other platforms. You know, I want to mention podcasting. I know you don't yes. have a podcast, but I can speak at least from my perspective, having added both of my podcasts to our Facebook page. What's cool is Facebook automatically publishes the podcast on Facebook and publishes it to the feed. Yes. I don't have to do anything. Right. And what's cool is you can listen to podcasts now on Facebook and you can shut down the app and just like a regular podcast player and listen to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard anything more about it than what I just said, but I'm kind of excited as a new distribution platform for podcasters. I think it's brilliant. And that, like I mentioned earlier, there's nine different ways and that that is actually number nine is, is the podcast. And if, if anybody you're listening, if you've got a podcast, 
definitely get it over hooked up onto your Facebook page because that's free visibility. They have that nifty little feature where people can also take clips. You you can choose to enable it or not. Yep. But somebody's listening to a 45 minute podcast and they hear a two minute clip. They're like, oh my God, I want to share this clip with my audience. They can totally do that. So it's a really clever feature. There's a chance some people are listening to us on Facebook right now. <laughs> yes, I love it. Mari, if people want to follow you or find out more about some of the services and products that you have available, where do you want to send them? Well, gosh, they can go to my Facebook page for sure at Mari Smith, uh, marismith.com. And then you mentioned beginning my Facebook organic marketing masterclass, which is uh, F-bomb. I, I named it that way on purpose. So they could go to marismith.com forward slash F-B-O-M-M, all lowercase. All right. Awesome. Mari, thank you so much for coming on for the 10th time. Yay. My pleasure. And sharing all your insights with us. We really appreciate it. You bet. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 494. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long time listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast-talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.